You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down and it's called for another foul. Check, Jacko. Come on. Jacko. Jacko's having some fun here. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Uh, Sam and I are here on a Wednesday night with lots of Celtics news to talk about. So we're, we're going to jump right into it, Sam. Uh, there were four pressers today, which I slacked off and unfortunately didn't get to well, They catch, weren't but... all today. Okay, they yeah. Were, uh, Throughout the week. three yesterday, and then Kemba was today. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And I saw some clips of the Kemba one and obviously followed it all on Twitter. What what's the biggest news you're taking away from all of those pressers? Is it the Danny Ainge Hayward? Is it the Tatum Boston? Is it the Kemba Knees? What do you think? I think the biggest news uh, came out of Danny Ainge. I think that's where everyone wanted to know what was going on with Hayward, with what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on with the rookies, new signings, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff for Danny to talk about, and he got uh, he got to talk about that a couple times yesterday. The one I listened to was Toucher and Rich. Shout out to them on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Um. He talked about a lot about Hayward. He said, um, you know, hey, bringing back Hayward was the number one priority this offseason. So uh, they did fail at that, of course. Um, then yeah. he discussed um, that Charlotte was not out of nowhere. They, they kind of knew that was a possibility. He said that the Celtics, of course, wanted to bring him back. The Indiana trade, he didn't say what was offered. He doesn't like talking about. Um, what other teams are offering, obviously. Right, rightfully so, yeah. Yeah, you know, really you don't want to that. tell the players that they were being offered. But, you know, he kind of hinted at, like, hey, like, and one thing he said, and I, it wasn't on the radio interview, but I know in his regular press conference, I did see, uh, I think Keith Smith, ah, Keith Smith <laughs> tweeted it out, and I got all over it because I've been saying this for, since it happened. Um, for a sign and trade to happen, the whole, the sign part has to happen. And Hayward was not on board to go to Indiana when he knew about the Charlotte offer coming. That's an extra $20 million for him, guaranteed four years. He's got $30 million for four years. That's unbelievable for him after the three years he just had in Boston. Not that he was bad. Not that people here should dislike him. He was hurt. It was unlucky. But when he was healthy, he played well. That's what Charlotte thought. They obviously liked him because they tried to bring him in what is it, six years now, six years ago? Yeah, yeah. When he was, he was a restricted free agent, uh, Utah yeah. matched. So a lot of news out of that. Um, and what I else think, did he talk about? I think that's what people we, didn't we can, understand. We can stop at Hayward and then we'll continue on. So you can you can talk about this. Yeah, I was just like, that's what people didn't understand, like you said. Like everyone's ragging on Danny for not getting the trade done, not doing this, not doing that. Hayward had the final decision no matter what happened. Like – he was a unrestricted free agent. And the fact that Danny Ainge got that trade exception is just is a W within itself, right? Because there was nothing Ainge could do. It's not like Ainge had the free reign to trade him wherever he wanted and like get any assets he wanted from him. He had a finite number of options. And I think the end outcome was, you know, the best possible outcome in that scenario. Because like you said, Hayward's going to take that extra money not like 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And I mean, here's the big deal, right? So when we all knew Hayward opted out, he obviously 
was not going to free up money for the Celtics because they were over the cap with him. They've got the Brown extension kicking in now. But the trade exception makes it so they actually are kind of able to use the contract. You know what I mean? They're able to use the money that they lost. And Ainge also pointed out that, um, you know, losing that big deal kind of helps the team financially, but it's not really anything the fans care about for sure. <laughs> um, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and he also was talking about, um, he was, he kind of responded to the Nick Wright tweet where he <laughs> Wright said that, Nick uh, Wright. What a guy. you know, they lost like all the, the big name free big name players they've had the last couple of years. He said, yeah, that, like Horford, Kyrie. Yeah. Or... He said he knows at least one of those guys is, um, he wishes he could come back. And obviously that's got to be Horford because Hayward yeah. just left. Kyrie's a prick and Horford's the only one that would make sense. And Horford even kind of said it himself. He said, in yeah, the interview, he knew if yeah. Kemba was coming, he was going to stay. He didn't know it, that. That team would have been nasty. Like they might the have went to the fun. They could have won the finals if he, I he agree. Stayed. I agree, and, and it is what it is. Like Hor- Horford ended up in Philly, and that ended shitty. <laughs> like obviously, and he's in. I felt OKC bad for him. Now, right? I love yeah. Al, and I think in OKC he's going to play amazing in OKC. I think he will have a great season uh, with the Thunder, with SGA, and everything they're doing down there, and their ninety million draft picks. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I think we all wish Big Al stayed in Boston. Um, Unfortunately, he went to Philly, and Philly fans treated him so terribly. Did you see some of the shit they were saying to? Uh, oh, Anna I see. Horford? Yeah, I Anna see. Horford's been That's how people are here, though. I mean, don't get me wrong; people here treated him way better. I mean, you have you have yeah, a few yeah. of the casual idiots, same people that have been on Ainge, that just don't understand. But like, yeah, they're brutal, and people are here. People here are brutal, but it's more when you deserve it here. And I mean, in their defense, he he robbed Philly for a lot of money, and then yeah. didn't fit. I don't know if it was his fault because, like I said, he didn't fit. But they didn't didn't play him right. Yeah, they didn't play him right in the first place. You can't play Horford next to Embiid. Now that it's very clear uh, that you cannot play Horford next to Embiid. But hey, uh, live and learn, I suppose. The the next biggest thing I would say to come out of these pressers is Kemba Walker talking about his knee, talking about Gordon Hayward going to Charlotte and everything. Um, What's your highlight of that? Of that? Yeah. So that that's also from the Ainge presser as well. So Ainge talked about Kemba's okay. knee. He was the one that kind of – I mean, Kemba did speak today. You were right. But yesterday, going back to that, Ainge talked about um, what actually happened to Kemba, what 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 they decided to do. Kemba saw a couple of specialists. They both said he does not need surgery, which is good for everybody that's uh, involved. You know, Celtics don't want to wait for surgery. Kemba doesn't want to have it. Um, he got stem cells injected into his knee as – Anybody would probably know because it's been all over Twitter. But Danny said, you know, it's a procedure that has happened around the league before. Players have been able to recover. It's worked. So that's good. And then Kemba was on today. He was saying that he felt like he hasn't been 100% in a while. Um, He's glad that he had the procedure done. He's glad to have a little bit of time off. He feels like he's been going nonstop for the last year. Um, and he said, you know, he wasn't hundred percent in the playoffs and it wasn't a mental thing. It was physical. And he said he was, uh, not making excuses in the playoffs either. He said he did not want to make excuses. He knows everybody deals with injuries, but, um, I didn't get to watch it. I just saw the live tweets. I, I was retweeting Same here. Same tweets here. from the sports department at, my, at the news station I was interning at today. Um, so I was kind of, I was kind of there, but not really. 
But uh, everyone was saying that he was in good spirits, which is obviously what you want to hear. So, and Kemba's knees, I mean, you can you can talk before we get into it, but like, I mean, they've got plenty of depth at point guard, which, I mean, they must have, they I mean, yeah. I, they obviously knew this was going on. Yeah. And Kemba has to be one of the most just like respectful, respected dudes in the entire league. The way he like carries himself, the way, like obviously everybody in the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, everybody, but Kemba just has this class to him. And I think that's why he's so perfect in Boston. Like, Asked about his his knees and why if that affected his mentality in the playoffs, he said, "No, that was all physical. That was on me. I just wasn't there. That's my fault. There's no excuses." And he said something I think you say a lot, or maybe it's somebody else. Um, if you can be on the court, there's no excuses after that. Who who says that? That's uh, like somebody. I mean, that's thing. something I re. Uh, you know, you I bring said, up. I said, but like yeah. I've heard it. That's yeah, just no. a common thing. And no, yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Once you step and then, out of the court, mm-hmm. you're fair game. Exactly. And then the other thing, he was asked about, which I think was a little bit of a cheap shot, but uh, what he thinks of Gordon Hayward getting the money that the Hornets refused to pay him. And he was he just basically said, nah, this is where I'm meant to be. I wanted to be in Boston. I love Gordon. That's my guy. He's going to love it in Charlotte. And like went off on this, like, com- like completely turned it into a positive which I'd love to see. And I saw uh, Stuhl Greeny t- tweet about it and talk about it. And it's just, I can't fathom how people dislike Kemba. Like there's legitimately like Celtics fans on Twitter, on social media, everywhere. Because they're stupid. They, yeah. they're, they have really <laughs> bad recency bias. He didn't play mm-hmm. great in the last couple rounds of the playoffs because he was hurt. And, you know, they forget the pre-bubble Kemba. He was an all-star starter last year. How, how much can you actually knock on him? No, exactly. I mean, he was excellent. Yeah, I know. He paid and him like, money. He came in. He played great. That's what he wants to do again. So he's he's getting procedure done so he can be healthy again. Exactly. Exactly. He's doing everything he can to be on the court. But in the meantime, something you brought up is the point guard depth that the Celtics did bring in. Uh, there was a Brad Stevens quote talking about Jeff Teague and about how Jeff Teague wants to win and he wants to be here. And it says a lot about him because he wants to be here um, and he's going to do everything he can to contribute to this team what's the point guard rotation looking like in your eyes for the start of the season with no Kemba? Well, it'll probably be Teague to start, even though, well, I mean, there is no set rotation yet. So I, what I was going to say is Brad usually likes to keep his set rotation. So if someone comes off the bench, like we've seen Wanamaker do for the last couple of years, Brad doesn't like to move that guy up to the starting position. Yes, exactly. For example, um, in, in the Rosier seasons as well, um, you had Shane Larkin, and they would put Shane Larkin into the starting lineup when Kyrie would be out. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was midseason, maybe it's Pritchard. But, I mean, I can't see anything else in Teague. Maybe Marcus. But then that depends if they want to go big and put Grant at the four, which might not be a bad idea. Grant had a really like solid season last year. I like Grant at the four. definitely got a lot of room to be a significant part of this team. I mean, I like Grant. He plays hard. He's improved his shooting significantly he had a rough rough start but i think that was nerves the playoffs he shot like 60 percent from three so yeah Yeah. so then the question after that is so i i would agree i would assume he gets the starting uh spot and then it'd be something along the lines of teague smart tatum um no teague smart sorry teague smart brown tatum then a center tyser thompson we can debate that as well or Teague, Brown, Tatum, Grant Williams, 
Daniel Tice slash Thompson, like a mix of those guys. The real question is what the backup rotation is going to look like, right? Because with no Kemba, like if Kemba was healthy, tell me if you feel the same. I would just assume that Teague is the backup, right? You get that veteran off the bench. Brad likes yeah, to play the no, veterans off the bench. That's why they brought him in. He's exactly he's um, a veteran. He's been an all-star once before. You know, he was on that Hawks team mm-hmm. that was the top of the East in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, he's got experience of winning games, and that's what they said in one of the pressers. I think Kemba said that today. I mean, exactly, he, yeah. He knows how to play, and he's been, he's a veteran. He was okay in Minnesota, okay in Atlanta last season. He, he was, was under the radar because they're smaller markets. He was really good in Minnesota. He averaged 13 points and six assists on 45-38 shooting splits in 28 minutes a game. Like, if he gets the starting role and he can do that, I am more than happy with him as the starting point guard for, for the time being while Kemba is out. Yeah. But that, th- then the question becomes, because obviously I'd want him as a backup when Kemba comes back, with Teague in the starting lineup, do they keep Smart on the bench so he can play backup point guard? And if not, who gets those minutes? Because you got you need a backup point guard or backup guard, right? It can't just be Smart playing starting shooting guard and both backup guard slots, obviously. Is it going to be Pritchard? Is it going to be Carson? Are we going to see some waters? What's your thoughts? Hey, um, that's a good question, to be honest, because I think it might be Marcus a little bit, too. Well, yeah, but, but you have to ask if he's going to start, right? Because are you going to start two big men at the four and the five? Are you going to let Tatum play that? And if you do let Tatum play that, then who starts at shooting guard if Smart's on? Well, no, if – if um. If Marcus starts, he still might see rotational play, uh, point guard minutes as well. No, but no, yeah, but like I the said, the backup. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be Pritchard right away unless they think he's ready. It might be Waters. Not Waters would really? be my guess. Not Carson. I I'd say uh, Tremont Waters showed more than Edwards did last season to give the team confidence in him. It could be Edwards. I don't know. No, yeah, you know, my we got only thing season in. 13 days now, <laughs> we will find out then. And Pre-se- I know no, no, we will not. With. Yeah, preseason Carson is a different animal. We're, we we're speculating, <laughs> and that's what we're supposed to do. But, I mean, I'm so pumped just to see who improved, who didn't. What, what does the team think of the young players? Who do they value? Who do they think is ready to play? I mean, it's just so – so many questions are going to be answered in the next couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pumped. We're probably going to start seeing news come out of training camp, what's going on. I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the season to be starting. I'm glad the off season was short. And I think, I mean, the players are complaining about it and that's fine. But like, I mean, they yeah. had a whole like four month, like mid season break. So yeah. And, and like you said, all we can do now is speculate. So let's continue that speculation. Cause Carson Edwards, obviously Danny Inch put a huge investment into Carson. Um, I'm going to double check myself so I can not look like an idiot, but I believe he's on the team for like three yeah, more they guaranteed years. Him up. They, they yeah. guaranteed him. They guaranteed him last season, 2020, 2021 year, 21, 22. And then he has a team option, 22, 23, which is huge for a second round pick, right? Like that, that's a big contract for a second round pick. They gave him essentially. Yeah. He balled this, out in the summer league. He balled yeah. out in the preseason. They got confident in him. And then, I mean, he's still probably not a lost cause. It's just we haven't it's just seen him the fit into a role yet. This could yeah. be a year for him because he, even 
I mean, they could start him at point guard if they really wanted to, if they yeah. wanted to keep the rotation. Here's yeah. here's my hypothesis, right? If they do that thing where they like to keep the backup in that backup role and not move him around, you could see Carson start because he has a similar style to Kemba. He's a score first guard. That might fit. Who knows? I mean, I'm not opposed to that. If that, I mean, if you try it for one game and it doesn't go well, then you can just move on. My hypothesis or my, my thoughts on Edwards going back to his time at Purdue, he was always like the dude, like obviously Purdue averaged, I think some ridiculous numbers. I can look up his college shots. I think he averaged like 27 at Purdue. No, he averaged 24 at Purdue and took 20 shots a game. That's ridiculous. And so going from that to preseason summer league, where he was also allowed to be the guy, right? Cause in the summer league and in the preseason, he just completely dominated the ball and it worked. Like he scored a shit ton and he was yeah. a great player going from that to, okay, Kemba's the point guard, smarts, the point guard, Wanamaker's the point guard. You have to play off ball and like take like two shots a night. That must've killed him. Not in terms of mentally, but it, or not, it might've been mental to be honest. Yeah. Like, no, you I misspoke. Are so I think it was that. mental. Exactly. I think it was. And then I you- misspoke. You feel yeah. pressure because exactly okay, you want to be able to take shots. And if you're not making shots and they don't want you to do that, but that's what you know how to do. And that's what you've always mm-hmm. done. And, and I now think you're not supposed why, to do that. And I think that's why we could see Edwards with Kemba out. Cause regardless if he's in that, I think he should come off the bench though. Cause I think if he's in the starting lineup, he's still going to play second fiddle to Tatum to Brown to even smart. If smart starts. I think the starting lineup should be, this is my hypothesis in like terms of getting the most out of Edwards. You should start Teague, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and then I don't, Thompson or Tice. I still have no idea who's going to start that. That's a tough one. I yeah. really don't know because yeah. we can go I talk still, about that. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they trade Tice midseason. You know, you yeah. got to see what Thompson's going to give you first. <laughs> yeah. But and I mean, we can they talk about seem that really pleased with him. Going yeah. back to the pressers, uh, Brad was talking about Thompson. He was saying he's great in front of the rim, great getting to the rim. I mean, if that's what they want, they can get rid of Tice. And no, yeah. I, I'm not even an anti – I love Tice. Tice is one of my favorite dudes. Danny Baines got signed to Toronto mm-hmm. Danny, in the discussion. So they, they can't even bring him back unless they're going to trade. But that doesn't make sense because they, they yeah. have – they're going to probably have to move on from either Williams or Tice this year. I, I agree. And I, I just want to finish my thought on Edwards really quick before we talk about centers because okay. I would really want to get to that. No, you're good. You're good. I think the backup lineup should be or could for the sake of Carson, like this is might not be what I would do in terms of like, like I do like Tremont Waters, obviously. But if the Celtics want to get the most out of Carson, make that backup lineup. Carson Edwards, Romeo Lankford, Aaron Neesmith, Williams, Williams, just straight youth movement, right? Or, or not Williams, 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 Thompson, Williams, Tice, whatever. Like we, like we said, we can talk about the center rotation in a second. But William or Carson, Romeo, Aaron Nesmith, Grant Williams, if that can grow together, Carson Edwards is the ball handler there. Neesmith and Williams and Romeo all on the wings, all thrive and catch and shoot, right? Like none of them can create their own shot. Carson Edwards would be the guy in that lineup, right? Like he would be the complete and like without a shadow of a doubt, the dominant ball handler in that lineup. And I think that lineup before on the court together would be really good to grow together and would benefit Carson Edwards immensely. Yeah. I mean, it would, it for sure would he, like you said, he would be the initiator. It, it's a bummer. We didn't get summer league this year, yeah. even though I'm willing to take an early season over that. I mean, there would have been a lot, 
to watch in summer league. And we would probably have more answers to these questions if there was summer league. Yeah, um, I agree. And sorry, I I just wanted to finish that thought, but we can talk about the centers now yeah. because I, I, I am completely fucking baffled at who's going to play at center. Because now you have two centers that are about the same level. Yes. But Tice has a lot of value because of his contract, even though he is a one-year deal. <coughs> his contract is yeah. not very much money. Yeah. And the but, Celtics have that trade exception. If they do decide they want to make a big move, Tice is something that might end up going. Romeo Langford might end up going because he's going to be out, which we can talk about in a little while after we do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. This, it's so weird. And we got to see how it plays out first. I, I'm sure they have a plan. They wouldn't have brought in Thompson without knowing what's going on. And Danny said that in his press conference. Mm-hmm. Not that exactly. He said, you know, we're not going to use the mid-level or uh, trade exception, sorry, yeah. now because everybody loves their teams at this point of the season. They usually do. So he said closer to the trade deadline, we'll be looking to see what's going on with that. After they have a feel for their team, everybody else knows what they're willing to part with, whether they're not going to be a playoff team and they're selling to try and get better in the future. There's just so much to go into. What are we going to do? Yeah. And the best explanation because i was going to bring up the use of that trade exception right i think a lot of people are confused including myself for a while about how exactly it works and john corrales wrote an article for mass live um love johnny's a great dude and he wrote about who the celtics could target finding realistic scenarios and giving the line of nba players that the celtics could realistically trade for so in that under that line are guys like D'Angelo Russell, Otto Porter, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis, Steven Adams, Al Horford. Not not guys, he said, realistically, that could be traded for, but in terms of salary. Guys that are not key. Andre Drummond, not. Not available within the realm of that trade exception. Bradley Beal, not. Really? Carl Anthony Towns, yes. Carl Anthony Towns, not. CJ McCollum, not. All these guys, not available for the trade exception. They make too much money. So Andre Drummond, however, makes, I'm pretty sure like 50,000 over the trade exception, which is wild, but he does make more. The than trade, trade exception is only good for one season. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. He has, so a year, like, and even, has a year to use it. Even if they do a trade, that contract can't carry over mm-hmm. into the yeah. next season. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Oh, so no, we'd keep the guy. We'd then why the guy the you roster. said, well, you said Drummond makes like 50 million over the trade exception. I don't understand. No, no, no. It's $50,000. Like as oh, in 50, his salary. 50,000. I'm sorry. Like his, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. I know what his salary. His, his salary is like fifty thousand over that trade exception, which is why I thought it was funny because it's like just barely over, and that's a guy right. like the Celtics fans. I want. gotcha. Notable guys that are under that trade exception like line that he, and he John separated it into tier one and tier two guys that the Celtics could target. And huge shout out to John. This is not my thoughts. I did not come up with these ideas. This was all John. So huge um, props to him. Tier one and the more expensive guys. He he did it in terms of salary. Otto Porter, Vucevic, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Gary Harris. Vucevic, extremely interesting. Vucevic is interesting, but then, I mean, yes. Yeah, that is interesting because... You give up Tice, you give up the trade exception. And, I mean, depending you on what else You still have a similar problem to what you had before. Vucevic yeah, that's is clearly answer. better than Thompson, but you brought in this guy with your mid-level exception for the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what, what else would they really want? A shooting guard, maybe? Gary Harris. I Gary think Harris. That's an interesting I, one. I like Gary Harris a lot. I wrote about it 
uh, for at or I, I plan on writing about it for an article I do for the Hornets because Gary Harris was just completely shut down in Denver. Like he he was thriving. He, did you know that Gary Harris averaged 18 points a night on 45 40 shooting splits for a season like two years ago? And now he's yeah, he seen paid. as a terrible shooter. Yeah, and now he's seen as a terrible shooter because they decided to play through Murray instead. Which I mean, fair enough, Murray's disgusting, but they just threw him to the waysides in their offense. And on top of that, people going against Gary Harris, like shooting threes against Gary Harris, shooters shoot 32%, I think. And overall that people shoot 40% when defended by him. He is an elite defender. You put him in smart as the shooting guard rotation in Boston. That's gross. Like that defense is stupid. And that would fit perfectly into Brad Stevens. Yeah, I agree. I think the defense is something that needs to be better. Um, yeah. We saw it in the playoffs, and it's mm-hmm. really – I mean, that's what you get with Kemba. You're going to get cooked on the defensive mm-hmm. end sometimes. But having but more guys tough. around him – I mean, you've got, a, you've got a good amount of guys right now. But, but adding more never hurts. Yeah, more defense exactly. never hurt anybody. Um, other guys, Harrison Barnes and Otto Porter I put kind of on the same level. Harrison um, I wouldn't, Barnes I wouldn't is mind an interesting them. one for me. Yeah. Because His he was, he was a good player on the Warriors when he had a team around him. And yeah. then Dallas brought him in to be the guy, and that's just not what he is. Yeah, and, and he's he not does bad. make way too much money, I agree. But, I mean, if you're getting him with the trade exception, which is pretty much for free. He does make that money over the next three years, though. Like, he has three more years on his, that's on his contract. But at the same time... It is decreasing, though. It goes from 22 this thing. year, 20 to 18. They've already got all the people they're going to spend money on. True. They've got Kemba locked up. They've got Brown locked up. They've got Tatum locked up. So if you're over the cap for three years, that's before Brown and Tatum are done. I think Kemba, at that point, you'll be able to re-sign him over the cap. I'm not sure how that all works. But Mm -hmm. it's not a huge issue. And, I mean, out of the fourth option role, Mm -hmm. Barnes will probably give you about the same Hayward was giving you out of that role. Yeah, last season Brown or Barnes averaged fourteen and a half points on forty six thirty eight shooting, and he has shot thirty eight point thirty eight percent or better from three for the last four years. So I mean that's fine by me, and he's he does play a lot of minutes, but still, something I will bring up, and we can continue the trade exception discussion too. Harrison Barnes' contract goes till twenty two twenty three season. By that time. Um, notable players that would be actually never mind because the, the rookies from last year would still be on their team options. The only guy that would be that could be worried about at that point is Robert Williams, who has a team option in the twenty one twenty two season, and then after that would be due for a contract extension. But I feel like whether or not Robert Williams gets an extension is going to highly depend on if the Celtics trade Tice and how well Williams plays this season. So. Uh, I don't know. That that's going to be a tough toss up. Otto Porter, how long is Otto Porter's contract? Do you know? No, I think that's a worse contract than the Barnes contract. Yeah, Otto Porter makes uh, he makes twenty eight point four million, twenty eight point five million, but it's just this season. This is the last year of his deal. So, Celtics could resign him for like lower because there's no way he gets a ton of money. Like it's Otto Porter. Like he's not bad. He averaged twelve points this season on. 39% from three. So it's not like he's not a bad option. I think he would be similar to a Barnes role. It's just, he's not locked up and you would have to resign him, which isn't as, as enticing as Barnes. And now a quick word from our sponsor. 
Um, so tier two, yeah. Tier two is Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, JJ Reddick, Kelly Olinick, Alpha Rukaminu, George Hill, PJ Tucker, all making eighteen million down to PJ Tucker, who makes eight million. See, I would rather have Gordon than um Porter. Aaron Gordon? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he'd be an interesting fit on this team. I don't know. I, I don't think he's that good, but I think he's better than Otto Porter. That's fair. He averaged fourteen and a half. 7.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Um, he shot the ball pretty poorly from three, but he, he's a solid defender. Um, he could play the four, which the Celtics don't really have a true four, I would argue, except for unless we want to count Grant Williams. But yeah, I don't know. That, that'd be interesting. I like who I, I, I like from that list. I'm remembering. I like Evan Fournier. I think off the bench, he would be disgusting. Obviously, he kills the Celtics every time we play him, so I would love to have him in green. Um, other than that, I think here's actually an, an interesting idea. What if the Celtics do, uh, never mind. I don't, I don't know how they would manage that. Never mind. Can they use it over the course of two different people or does it have to be one trade? One. You know? Oh, actually it it's to... not true. They can use it. They can use it through four people. Like Danny Ainge was talking about that. He, he mentioned, um, making the bench better. That was one thing he did mention with that trade exception yeah he said four veterans i think is the thing he said something like three or four players that can improve the bench so that's something to look for actually so something i would like ideally i don't know if this money works i'm trying to like do calculations in my head to see if the money would work in the terms of what i'm thinking of something along the lines of like a PJ Tucker sounds really interesting to me because I think he's a center, like technically, but I think he would thrive at the power forward. Um, so I really like PJ Tucker. I like Evan Fournier. So you get Evan Fournier, PJ Tucker, and one other veteran to plug into the Celtics bench rotation. That's disgusting. And I think you could get away with trading the Hornets, the trade exception, <clears throat> a young piece. I think, say, you decide between like Waters or, or you can't trade Waters, it's not two way. If Carson doesn't perform, you trade Carson. If not, you just give like a couple seconds and the trade exception, and boom, you trade for PJ Tucker. That's solid. And I think if the Rockets do poorly, they could accept that, right? Then I think with the Magic, you give them a younger player, maybe like if Carson doesn't perform or one of the shooting guards or wings, give them that, the trade exception, and the pick, boom, that gets you up in Fournier. Because like I think the Magic will go into a rebuild soon, anyways. And then you find one other vet who doesn't make a lot of money, maybe a wing at that point, too. Boom, that's your bench. And Evan Fournier, P.J. Tucker, Marcus Smart bench, that's nasty. Yeah, I have no problem with improving the team, of course. It's just, I mean, you are going to have to give up stuff up. Give things up to get better, which is the only thing about the trade exception I'm not a fan of. And that's concerning. Because at that point, Danny Ainge saying that, like getting three or four veterans to the bench to make it better – doesn't worry me because obviously I know Danny will do what's best for the team, but it makes me sad because that means some of these young guys are going to get moved. Like it, it it's inevitable at this point. But that's fine because I mean they don't all fit. Yeah, you've got I know. just three young point guards alone. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they picked the one in the draft that they want. So <laughs> those other two might not be here very long. My Even though I don't only... know if you can trade someone on a two way contract. Mm-hmm. Not positive the... about that. I don't. You cannot. I don't think you can trade people on two ways. The only person or the only young player outside of you know obviously Tatum and Brown. That's just a fucking given at this point. 
that I would be sad to see go. And I would be genuinely upset if Ainge let go of is Grant Williams. Like Aaron Neesmith, I'd be sad. I think Grant like Williams has an established place on this team. <laughs> I and agree. That's because I would Brad so. trusts him in crunch time, as we saw in the bubble. Which is wild. Like, I, I don't think we fully discussed how crazy that is that Grant Williams established trust that fast. Like, it's that is crazy, not but easy. He, pl- he makes the right plays. He plays similar to Marcus in the way I, that he's always hustling and always making the best defensive play. Mm-hmm. And he was starting to make threes. Yeah. I completely missed the discussion tab. We have a couple guys asking us questions. Um, sorry, Danny. Sorry, Henry. I... I, I thought there was a dot. I must have missed it. But Aaron Baines' return. Oh, Dan, did you, I, did I you respond to that? that? Okay. That, that's I didn't what see about. Henry. <clears throat> Which bench piece will end up making the biggest splash in the rotation come season? Henry, this is quite literally what I was just about to talk about because I am a firm believer, and I said this last week, that Grant Williams is going to average I think it's grand as well. I think I he agree. will average 10-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, and 2 to 3 assists a night along with the block. Like Grant Williams is going to be like, oh God, like I really think Grant Williams is going to be super, super, super good this year. And I have very high aspirations. And I, I said this last week and I think you said maybe 10 was a little bit out there, but I, dude, I think he can do it. I think Grant Williams could. It just depends what kind of role he gets. <laughs> I think, and I tweeted this earlier in the week that he can be very similar to big baby when he was here. Big baby had some good games. When KG went out, he stepped up into a bigger role. I think we might be able to see that from Williams now that um, Hayward is gone. Something to think about for sure. No, yeah. I I think Grant's going to have an amazing season. I think he averaged 15 minutes a game last year. I think he could average 20 to 25 minutes a game. And that seems like a lot, but I, I stand by it. I think that could be Grant's role. And he is one of those guys, excuse me, like Marcus Smart, who... You can, doesn't doesn't always show up in the box score, but his impact on the court is crazy. Um, something else I wanted to talk about. We can move on to the next topic. What was it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, Christmas Day, Sam. Christmas Day. What do you think? Kyrie coming to? Do you know? Wait, is it home or away? I, it's I home. Everyone. Oh. See, I'm starting to get irritated with this because everybody's making such a big deal about it. I'm There's hyped. not going to be fans there. It's not going to matter. Shit. It I doesn't matter. Shit. I know. I'm hyped to watch the Celtics beat Kyrie's ass on Christmas Day. That's what I'm excited about. I'm telling you, it's, it doesn't make that – it's not that big of a deal because there's no fans there. Are the Celtics not allowing any fans or are they no. allowing some? No, okay. uh, the governor doesn't want um, – I mean, they haven't had anybody at the Patriots all year. They're not going to have people at the Celtics. True, true. Still, I, I think the Christmas Day slate because obviously – I mean, obviously, like I, a lot of people are hating on the Christmas Day slate, by the way. But I mean, I I obviously love basketball on Christmas. It's my yeah, probably my exactly. favorite thing um, about Christmas. I mean, I I just am not understanding all the the super hype about. I mean, people are hyping it as if there was going to be fans there. And to That's me, fair. the best the best part of that matchup would be. I mean, people are making a big deal about it being at the Garden. People are making a big deal about Kyrie going back to the Garden. And that doesn't – it means nothing. I mean, there's no people there. And people are going to act like he's some hard ass if he goes in there and has a good game with no one in the stands. It's wild that Kyrie has managed to duck coming back to the TD Garden for so long, and he's getting another excuse to do it without fans next year. Yeah, That's I'm, wild. I'm really pissed. 
He's such a dude. Oh, that annoys me. But Christmas Day slate, other than that Nets Celtics game, which obviously has that looming, you know, Kyrie versus the Celtics thing around it, which which isn't like you said a big thing because there's no fans. Because those guys are definitely still friends. Like I, I like Jason Tatum and Kyrie still have a good relationship. I don't know about Brown and Kyrie as much because they actually did have their issues. But other than like, I don't think they have a problem with Kyrie Irving, which is like fine. <laughs> Clippers Nuggets. Mavericks, Lakers, Warriors, Bucks, Pelicans, Heat. Mavericks, Lakers is the only game that I care about, uh, other than Nets, Celtics, because that's Luka versus LeBron. Nuggets, Clippers, meh. Warriors, Bucks is all right. Pelicans, Heat, meh. Like I, I actually agree with you now that I look further into it. This Christmas Day slate's kind of just meh, kind of nothing. Uh, I think it'll still be pretty hype because the NBA is coming back. Yes, um, it, that Pelicans heat matchup will be better than people think. Zion will actually be playing. Lonzo's solid. Yeah. Ingram's solid. Um, it'll be a good game. It's Bled, just not like so... as hypey. It's just not as hypey. No, I wouldn't say it's hype. It will be a solid game. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Who else? Milwaukee's playing Golden State. That'll be a solid matchup. Mm-hmm. Steph versus Giannis. The, the the big names are there. You got what, what's the other one that we didn't uh, Clippers not, Nuggets. Clippers oh Nuggets. yeah, that one's stu- well. That's a rematch of the conference. Uh, I understand. Semis, so yeah, it's just meh. I don't know. It's definitely weird. It, it's definitely. It's just. It's solid, but I think the lack of fans is definitely limiting its ability to be like perfect. But uh, something else: Romeo Langford uh, surgery going to be out four to five months which is something I didn't really take into account when I was mentioning the Carson Edwards lineup. But what, what do you think about that? Romeo? Yeah. That's Rome- tough, man. I was looking forward to seeing Romeo. I thought he would be a good impact player off the bench, man. He's just still hurt. And and I don't understand why he didn't just have surgery. Right. He when hurt it himself happened. the first exactly. time. Exactly. Right when it happened, he should have left the bubble, had surgery, started rehab. But that he was waited, so stupid. He waited till like now, right? Like what the what the Yeah, fuck is I don't that? know what the hell's going on with that. That pissed me off, to be honest. Yeah, I don't get it. It, it is what it is, and I, I don't think there's much else we can say about it other than that it sucks and it is a little concerning. <clears throat> okay. Something else I'm seeing this, this is like live reaction uh, to Twitter. And I think it's obvious. Do you have concerns about the Clippers? I'm seeing a headline right here. Kawhi and Paul George's preferential treatment hurt the Clippers culture. Duh, obviously. Like, Montrez Harrell's gone now. I bet Pat Bev and Lou Will are pissed because, like, they built a culture there under under Doc Rivers, might I add, of grittiness, everyone together, team basketball. And it fucking worked for them. They took two games off the Warriors uh, a couple seasons ago, and now they got bitch PG in there missing shots off the side of the backboard and Kawhi Leonard taking 30 games off a season. Like, do you think they had, like, I know you're hot, you're high on the Clippers and last year you well, thought they were better. Here's the thing. People what, are low on the Clippers right now yes, because they just collapsed me. in the conference semis. I, I somewhat agree. They're not the powerhouse that I had hoped to be the savior. I was hoping it would be the Warriors this year, but we know what happened to Clay. So I don't know what's going to go on out West. I'm not happy about it. They've got some work to do. Now, if they mm-hmm. take it the way the Celtics tend to take things and put a chip on their shoulder and, you know, want to play harder and, you know, they play their ass off, they might be good. But, I mean, they lost Harold. They lost – who else they lose? They lost – they brought in Ibaka, though. I think Ibaka's a good piece of Yeah, game. I like Ibaka's Ibaka. good. They brought, they brought back Reggie Jackson. They brought they back, brought back Jackson. They've still got Patrick Beverly, who's a gritty player. They have Marcus Morris, who – People were got saying, a bag. 
I saw today people were saying that, you know, he might be more of an issue that people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah, were saying Celtics, that about him yeah. with the Celtics. They were saying now there was an uh, article in the athletic today that came out about the Clippers. And I think that might be what you're talking about. And I obviously don't have a subscription, so I couldn't read it. Yeah. But <laughs> I did see people saying like the Marcus Morris part of this article is interesting to me because he, you know, might've been more of an issue than you think. So who knows? Yeah. That's got, I mean, yeah. I don't, would they have brought him back if he was a huge issue though? I don't know. No, I don't think so. And I think Marcus Morris is a bucket and that's good for them. Um, we got Celtics fan uh, asking to come up, give some thoughts. Uh, just a heads up to those listening uh, in the hopes of keeping the show flowing and running. We're going to try to get any guests who want to come up, come speak for brief stints and then like have them rotate in and out quickly so we can keep the ball rolling and keep the segments going smoothly. Has not been a problem smoothly. so far on this show, but exactly. the other show might have been a little bit of an issue. But yeah, but I'd uh, love to hear from you guys as always. So gladly uh, have you up here. What's up, Celtics fan? How you doing today, man? Uh, doing, doing good, bro. How you been? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, any specific thoughts? We were just talking about the Clippers culture and that, but feel free to bring up any Celtics-related or NBA-related topics <laughs> you want. We're kind of at the end of that segment anyway, oh, so go ahead. Yeah, man. The Clippers are like, I don't know what the heck was going on. It was basically like Kawhi felt like the silent Kyrie, bro, like in that locker room, bro. He didn't wasn't doing anything, but like like that locker room was like in shambles with like yeah. how like he, how he like, yeah. That's a fair tried. point. If he was like a were silent Kyrie. All kinds of stuff about him today. Did you see the article we yeah, were did, kind yeah. of talking about? Yeah. Like they were saying he drives, he commutes from San Diego, so he'd be late a lot. He had some kind of like and he Kendrick out, so. Perkins came out and said that like all star players have little perks that they get, obviously, because they're yeah. stars. I mean, and I just think Kawhi went like way too excessive in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, you can't just like cancel because... practices, bro, and like and like just like <laughs> Like do do stuff like that. I mean, also, did you guys watch the like small portion of a podcast with Paul George on all the smoke with uh, I Matt Barnes and Steve? I J? didn't catch that. I know the podcast, so it's a great show. Yeah, it is a great show. No, nah, it was just that like PG thirteen was just giving like excuses and stuff like that. Um, thought like he he thought like Doc didn't utilize his skill set right, but I mean, from what I saw, I thought PG had it had everything like was given to him, but. Um, he just couldn't convert when when yeah, asked to deliver. I don't know what else he wants. Ever since he left Indiana, he really hasn't been, um, you know, that guy that OKC traded for. Mind you, at the time, everyone thought it was a bag of chips that they traded for him, but it turned out to be two all stars. Um, he just he just hasn't fit. Maybe he isn't good at playing along other wings, other stars. I don't know what the problem is for him. I think he's like, I think he's a good regular season player. It's just at the playoffs. Like, like he just hasn't like been like. That's true thought. recently, but when he's very he was in Indiana, he was, he was a beast. And he I feel like he's the really cocky. I feel like he's a really cocky. Yeah. Well, that was like the last time he was good in the playoffs. Yeah, like, ever since I agree. He left to, yeah. Ever since he left to OKC, like it's been straight regression in my opinion. I mean, he, 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 age. he I don't he, know what it is. He was great last year. Like his last season in OKC, he was a top three yeah, MVP. MVP yeah, just, MVP, yeah. But like, what the fuck happened this year? He was, I know he was hurt. Shoulder surgery, but, shoulder surgery, probably. Oh man. I mean, hey, shoulder surgery obviously affected him enough where he was shooting it off the side of the backboard in the playoffs, yeah. which was tough look. But I don't know, man. That I don't. The fact that Montrezl Harrell left 
the Clippers, who basically founded his whole career. Like, obviously, he was on the Rockets, but he wasn't anything there. He came to the Clippers, and that's where he blossomed. He left them for the Lakers. Like, and you, you saw Pat Bev's reaction. You saw everything there. Like, I don't know. That just says a lot, I think, about the culture there. And Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers really, like, um, whatever, like, yeah, like remember, like, that grit and grind culture they had when they were able to take two games off, like, Golden State, like, the KD Warriors, and then, like, like Bev was in, like, KD's head, and, like, like they just completely lost that and, like, took everything for granted when they got Kawhi. And uh, I think that mentally, like, caused them to, like, check out in, like, the playoffs because they thought, like, like, one guy can, like, can bail them out of, like, any situation. Granted, yeah, they were kind of anointed kings yeah. when they brought those yeah. two in. And everybody, including myself, thought that they would really be the team to give the Lakers a hard time, which we didn't get to see. Mind you, we did not get they, to see. I still think they can give the Lakers a hard time. I don't know I about agree. now with the Laker, Lakers improved bench. Now it's like, it's different. You got Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. Like, but um, if there's any guy that I feel like you want to guard LeBron one-on-one, I mean, I still don't think they have an answer for Anthony Davis as good as Ibaka is, but. Um, Ibaka might not be bad. I'm not saying he's going to be a stopper, but he's going to give him a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, you know? he's going he's he's to make him like for her. interior yeah. defense. When he played yeah. the Celtics in the playoffs, he was excellent from outside. He was shooting, shooting. crazy in that series. Yeah. He was shooting crazy in that series. Yeah, he turned into Middleton. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, dude, like, if they if they figure it out, if Ty Lue's that guy that they believe in to unite the locker room and, like, the, the players, like, you know, the, Clip, the Clippers will go far. But um, as of right now, I got, I got them, like, I got them at a three seed in my standings prediction behind Denver. Um, yeah, it's fair. I got the Lakers. Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up before we uh, we let you go? Yeah. What do you guys think we're gonna? Are you guys thinking we're gonna win the first two games of the season, or what do you guys predict? That's I'm right. We either go. I think we go one and one. I think. I let's, think we're let's probably gonna drop that. the first one. So today uh, they announced that the Celtics will open their season at home against Milwaukee on uh, December twenty third, and then of course we have that Christmas game that was announced against the Nets. So I personally think, I mean, I think they can go 2-0. We'll see. Yes. Kem is not playing. But mm-hmm. I think the Milwaukee game will give them more an issue than the Brooklyn exactly. game. Exactly. Because too. Brooklyn is still going to be learning how to play as a team at that time. KD and Kyrie have not played together. That whole team has not played together since last season. And Kyrie didn't play for probably almost since yeah, he didn't play at pandemic. all last season, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he didn't play very much either. So we'll see. That Milwaukee team, they were a problem last year. They've been playing together. They've got a little bit of a roster shakeup, though. So we'll see. As crazy as it sounds, I actually think that KD and Kyrie might load manage that game. I feel like they're going (laughs) to let – no, I'm not even – I'm dead serious. I think they're going to let them loose. On Christmas, though? Christmas is different. I mean, yeah, but I think they're going to let them loose in the Warriors, and then they're going to be like, all right, rest, and then, like, start back fresh next week. That'd be so like, lame. I don't know. If Kyrie ducks the Celtics again, even when there's no fans there, holy shit. I hope shit. he does. What I want his fan. first time back to be with fans. That, that, that pisses I, me I'm off. pissed. He, didn't, he doesn't even – dude, he doesn't even play against Cleveland anymore. No, oh, he's yeah. a bitch. He's a – like, he's he's so confident guy, 
enough to leave Cleveland, leave LeBron, where they could have won the next next season easily. Like, uh, maybe not easily, but they would have had so much better chance if Kyrie wasn't a bitch and wanted to play by himself. And then he has the audacity to wimp out when he goes against his old teams, both of which he left on terrible terms. Like, what is wrong with you? If you're going to have the confidence to leave your team, at least have the balls to go up against them and prove that you're like, you're good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like have the balls to go out there and prove that you're worth it. Cause Kyrie's a great player. Like as much as I don't like him, he's an amazing basketball player. But if you don't have the confidence to play against the Celtics and the Cavaliers, what makes you think you have the confidence to lead a team? To- and that's another thing we've seen. Yeah, I have mean, like issue. no other way to, yeah. I mean, I have no idea what the heck, what to expect. I'm just saying like, if I, I wouldn't be surprised, like if they just said load management for against the game against the Celtics, because like I don't know, that's that's I wouldn't be surprised by that. That's what all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you mentioned him leading Jack. In you saw him when he was here, man. He he was a shit leader. <laughs> true. Very he was true. supposed to be the guy. He's saying all this stuff. He wants to have his number retired. He he's happy to be here. He wants to stay. He's all full of shit. And I mean, dude, like. He he imploded. He he did not. He he sold at the end. He just he just quit. Leaders don't do that. And I mean, he's got KD on that team. KD has a bad reputation. I think. I think KD's a better leader than Kyrie by far. I like KD, but yeah. I mean, I feel like for those two, like, like I feel like KD's way more of an alpha to be like. To basically be like, exactly. yeah, to like tell Kyrie, like, yo, shut up and like, we're like, I don't want to hear anything from you. <laughs> I love it. Fuck Kyrie. But they also, oh. but they also wanted to play with each other. So, like, sure. Yeah. They were scheming that. Really they were scheming yeah, that. Also, they, they were scheming that. So, yeah. All right. Anything you want to plug before we let you go? Did you make your Twitter yet? I did. I followed you guys. He did. Oh, you did. I followed him back. Let me, on I, I definitely counts. followed you back because I think I knew it was you. Let me just Dude, see. I'm a Celtics fan, and then I just like put some random numbers at the end. I loved it. I it think great. Let's see. Yep, there you are. Yep. It was oh, like it was like ten minutes here. after our last show. It was great. I saw it. and I was like, "Let's go." <laughs> it was hype. Yeah, I love to see it. You'll- so welcome to Twitter. Yeah, for sure. Not, good luck. Do. Good luck yeah. navigating that place. Yeah, I, mean, I, follow, I, I like follow 14 people and then I just get flooded with tweets. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, God, it's so wild because you have to sift through a bunch of bullshit to get to like actual good content on Twitter. But the yeah, good content like, you get on Twitter replies, is unmatched. bro. Like one person replies and then, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, I see their reply first on like a tweet I don't even follow. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's how it works. Got to sift through it all. Yep. It's wild. All right. Well, we're going to head on to the next segment, so we're going to let you go here, Celtics fan. If there's anything you want, you, uh, throw it in the chat. Uh, give us all your thoughts. Always appreciate you coming up uh, yeah. coming up for the show. Thanks for so, listening, yeah. for sure. All righty. Talk to you later. See you, man. All righty. Uh, the next What's thing. Next? Uh, we had one more thing, I think, before we ended up here, because we are teetering on the hour marker for our show. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up, and it slipped my tongue. But, oh, yes. So the coronavirus testing numbers uh, came back today, and I believe it was something a little bit over 50 of the, what was it, 300 or so tests uh, that were done came back as positive. I'll double-check the exact numbers. Uh, obviously, that was expected because people are going back to their primary markets uh, and going everywhere and around there. But it is a little weird to see, uh, considering that, 
Um, you know, the NBA went through this whole Orlando thing, obviously, um, everything going on. But what, what do you think of the, the exact number? 48 NBA players have tested positive out of 546 uh, tested in the initial testing phase. What do you think of that number? Uh, obviously expected, but it's it's a little concerning, no? Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's definitely not great. <laughs> but, I mean, now that you've got those tests, you can start to contain the players. The players have been living their life for the last couple of months. It's time to get into season mode. The NBA did a great job of handling the bubble. I think they're going to handle this just fine. I mean, those guys are going to have to quarantine. They'll be better. I, I don't think yeah. it's, it might be a small issue. It won't be as bad as the NFL. There's not as many players. Yes, that's what I was going to say. So I don't think it'll be as bad as baseball either. Baseball was on. Baseball also has a lot of players, even though that they're not making contact. True. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. I, I just I, I, I have faith in the problem. NBA. Agreed. I agree. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up? That was all the topics I had listed out. No, I'm pretty good. Me. I think we did a solid yeah. show. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yes, one more thing. Leangelo Ball is now in the NBA. Oh, that's uh, I just right. Wanted to that, bring that up. Lavar is back. People, Lavar. <laughs> I love Lavar Ball. I know you do too, but I don't get people who hate on Lavar Ball. He's just—he's trying to be a good dad. Like he's just trying to be a good father, and he is. Oh, I don't know, man. Hopefully, he's an I hope. Father. I agree. I agree. He, he, he wants, wants the best, best for his kid, son. man. Even when he's like spewing like nonsense. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's just having a good time. Let he's him do legend. what he wants. He's a beast. I love Lavar Ball. I think if you if you hate on Lavar Ball, you just you hate for the sake of hating, and I don't fuck with him. He's not hurting anybody. Exactly, exactly. I really hope Leangelo Ball does well. How tall is Leangelo Ball? Let me look maybe up six five, six uh, six, maybe. Does he have a basketball reference page yet? Probably not. Leangelo. Nope. Uh, Leangelo Ball. I feel like he's the shortest out of all of them. Actually, I don't know. I think he might be bigger than Lonzo. He is six foot five. No, he's six five. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, no, Lonzo's taller than that. Lonzo's six six. Like, yeah, he's six six. Oh. Yeah, Landry Ball six five, uh, two fifteen. I feel like out of all of the Ball brothers, I think he'll be the best defender. I, I feel like he'll actually be a solid defender in Detroit if he can work his way uh, through. Lonzo's training a camp. good defender. True. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was more talking Lamelo. I think. If Ball can be a good defender, because I obviously don't know if he is yet, I think he will be able to have like a place in the NBA as a 3 and D guy off the bench. And I, I really hope LiAngelo does well. I think that'd be super cool to see all of them be like successful in the NBA. I'm hoping yeah, for him. You know, I'll definitely have opportunities with Detroit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it is a non-guaranteed contract. It's, a pre, it's like a, a training camp contract. But hopefully he can power through it and, you know, do well. Uh, in his time in Detroit. But uh, yeah, like I said, if there's nothing else you wanted to bring up, I think we covered all the bases and all the Celtics news. Yeah, I'm good. You can Alrighty. start the outro, lob yes, it up sir. to me, and I'll throw it down. There we go. Well, in that case, you guys can follow me uh, at Jack Simone NBA. Obviously, follow at Bannertown USA. Uh, follow Guy Boston Sports, proud partners with them. Yeah, I really appreciate everything they're going to do. Huge shout out to them. Huge shout out to the guys at the Locker Room app or yeah, recording this is these a lot podcasts of fun. live. Uh, we love recording the podcast live, love hearing from you guys. So uh, always join in, make an account, hop in the discussion tab, uh, talk about Celtics with us. We'd love to see it. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, Sam, I'll leave it to you to finish the outro. Yeah. So as Jack said, shout out Guy Boston Sports, newly partnered with them at Guy Boston Sports on Twitter. 
Shout out to the locker room app. This is always a lot of fun to come on here, have live discussion in front of a little bit of an audience, have people come talk to us. Um, you can follow me and Jack at Jackson NBA, uh, at Sam LaFrance NBA, and obviously follow at Bannertown USA. Uh, that's our show for today. Bye.